to the after party where we are definitely not covered in mud with lots of stones in our pockets. Why would you ask? Oh, we need to see what the magic situation is of those stones. We do. What color were they, Eric? They were like black, a lot like the hunger in the Adventure Zone, like the black with all these like different color streaks. Not nearly as nefarious. I can tell. <laughs> I think I could just spoil that. Like, don't worry about it. Those stones are just like ornamental. Tracy I, throws a stone away immediately. I don't know what you're referencing. So, okay. Yeah, you're fine. Looking back, in fact, there are there's a lot of like weird. Uh, I don't want to say weird to offend you and your religion, fish, but uh, unusual <laughs> light uh, in objects. Just that image of you like silhouetted against the jumbotron. Not to mention like the color spray and the glitter skateboard, and yeah. you know all of the very vivid like combat that we had. It's oh, it's so cool. The light situation was strong with us on this day. We glittered that mud up good, real good. <laughs> How did that work, Eric? I mean, I know like I got the basic form, but why did you choose that over, say, like normal initiative or some other sort of combat form? I think that since this was like a game with a different sort of goal, I felt pretty okay with using initiative. Like you weren't trying to kill anyone. You were just trying to get these hoops on top of the head of the nightmare. First of all, I'd like to shout out uh, Misha Stanton for helping me with the rules and the way that this game sort of uh, shakes out. The initiative is not the thing that determines who wins the throw. Like, that's the worst part is when you're stuck in the back of initiative like Tracy was rolling a one. You guys didn't see it, but I finished a whole crossword puzzle every turn (laughs) before it got to me. And I think that's still the problem with initiative. But, like, I think that if you're (laughs) prepping, I think there's no problem with, like, kind of waiting and letting yourself, like, do other interesting activities. Yeah, and it may even be an advantage to see how the other players plan to spend their turn before you're able to kind of set yours in motion. Totally. But the throwing should all happen at the same time. Like, the literal thing that determines whether or not you win the game should not be, like, initiative-bound. And I felt really good about that. Misha did this with uh, Dino Races, which I think that they pulled from Tomb of Annihilation or just, like, crafted their own thing. And it's like... You have to deal with the problem with your dinosaur, but then like the actual racing, like going around the track happens on like this bonus round. And uh, I think that was a really good way to deal with winning something that wasn't death. And I actually played a game of Dino Racer with Misha for their birthday, and I really loved the mechanic there as well, sort of similar, because there was a lot more room for flavor. Like, I was playing a bard, and so I would, like, sing something every turn, you know, to, like, get inspiration and, and, like, cheer my dino on, you know, and do that before the actual, like, running slash dealing with obstacles occurred. I thought it was really fun. Also, Did you here, win the race? I did, actually. I won the race playing a character called Eric Silver, who was a, a bard. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. Oh, I hadn't no. done my preparation, and everybody else had brought a character ready to go, and I had to improvise. <gasps> I need that stat block immediately. <laughs> He's very high in charisma. Hey, now. This was also when I got my wisdom teeth out, so it was like, I'm just like bleeding out of my mouth, and I'm like, I hope I'm doing well when it comes to the dragons. <laughs> I also love that the nightmare didn't attack us. Like in anticipating and fearing attacks is so boring to me and makes me scared to do things because I feel like if at any point the Knight Rider, 
the Knight Rider? No. Nightmare. Yeah, it was a sentient car flying around <laughs> the stadium. Isn't that a uh, Nicolas Cage movie? Anyway, if the nightmare could at any point have just kind of turned around and like breathed fire on all of us, I wouldn't have like followed it on my badass skateboard, you know? I would have hid. For me, anyway, maybe more creative and do bolder things. But that nightmare did take out our centaur friend. Mm. How- friend's a strong word. Touche, <laughs> <laughs> touche. How do they what work? What happened, Ash? What, huh? Okay, so there are two layers here. First of all, this is a nightmare, which is uh, from the Monster Manual. It's basically like a reverse Pegasus. Like you, you can't think of this thing as a horse. It's really like a fiend or a demon that is in like the shape of a horse. So it's sentient. It's aware. It like has feelings. We all have feelings. Oh, we do all have feelings. But like, how does uh, it feel about murdering people? Well, it has agency. So it's like it more just wants to escape and get the fuck out of there than hurt other people. Much like you three in this game, it's not playing the game as the monster. It's playing the game to get a goal, and its goal is to be released. Oh, and I'm sad now. I know. Well, it's I mean, very well, tragic. the other part of this though is that this thing is actually part of an obsidian figurine, which is like you can conjure this thing magically from a toy using a code word, which we learned was a ground. In the end of the previous episode, the representative went down, whispered something to it, turns into a nightmare, and then she took it back and now she can't use it for a certain amount of time. The thing that happened with Ash is that one of the attacks is called Ethereal Stride. The nightmare and up to three willing creatures within five feet of it magically enter the ethereal plane from the material plane or vice versa. Now, that's willing. And like in one hand, I was like, it's Ash is like talking to it in like horse language and like it's kind of close. But with the obsidian figurine, it is a whole thing based around your alignment. And if you are good, you try to ask it to do something. There is a 10 percent chance it will take you directly to the gates of hell and then turn into a figurine. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> and I like I think it's crazy. And just like the chance was so low and the goodness was like we all know the like the alignment chart is a construct. So I like I kind of smooshed those two things together and like I rolled like a 50-50 chance if it would like take it to the ethereal plane or not. And then it did. Uh which was pretty cool. And I liked it. Interesting. Um there's a this is actually one of my favorite parts of the DM's guide is like the magical items. I think there's some really cool things in there. I really like figurines or being able to pull friends out of nowhere. So, like, the bag of tricks is also one of my favorite uh, magical items. I'm actually always worried about a certain item that Inara has and a door that is patched onto it because I am a fan of the, is it City of Many Doors? City of a Thousand Doors? There's a specific, it's in the plane system. It's like you go there and it's just tons of doors leading to everywhere. And when I think of the ethereal plane, I think of that. And it's also, like, not the funnest place to be. It's also, like, isn't that the Matrix yeah, like dimension door. When you pull this door off, like there are some people who say that a door to anywhere would go to this like pocket universe within the ethereal plane that goes to any other plane. I was thinking about Philip Pullman's Subtle Knife, you know, Golden Compass, Amber Spyglass series, and there is a kind of like world between worlds there. That is when we first encounter it. It's just like a completely kind of deserted, abandoned town with a bunch of water fountains, like in a park. And then you jump into the fountain. And like, I mean, it's a trope played with a lot, like The Magicians, the book, you know, has that a bunch as well. But anyway, I really am curious about that ethereal plane. I actually was very close to using that door patch. My impression is that when you take the patches off of the cloak, like something about that symbol happens. And so when we were in that cave going to defeat the bone whale and the 
boulders were coming and the ooze was creeping and we weren't sure what was going to be at the end of it. I was very close to using it. Luckily, it wasn't my turn because then we ended up needing to be there. But I am very curious and excited what the dog patch and the door patch are going to do. Oh, my God, guys. Was Chad related to the ooze that died in the cave? Wow, you're saying that all oozes are related? That's wow. 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 You guys turned my good, good joke into a really offensive (laughs) (laughs) And I want to say this because it also fixes some of my sins from the past. Sigil (laughs) is the name of the city of doors, or it's also known as the cage. Really? It's called Sigil, which is the correct way to say it, not Sigil. I'm just like fascinated with all the planes and all the plane stuff. I've bothered Eric about planes many, many times. You know, the ones that fly in the air, but also the- I was the, the, Do you like 747s the, or 727s? I don't know. Fish, it takes you from like one the, place to the other. Oh my God. Uh, Do you like the aisle or the window seat? Premium economy, comfort plus. Uh, we What's have, your favorite snack? <laughs> I like the peanuts. I'm yeah. adamant that that door is going to be bad news. I'm sure that Cole gave you that for a good reason, but I'm, I don't trust that patch. I'm not going to use them lightly. Don't worry. And you know what else we're not going to do lightly? Weights, because the gym is evil. Jim <laughs> is evil. Oh, my God. That Amanda's was the best a, transition of all time. Amanda's a professional transitioner. Uh, yeah, no, this gym is evil. Enchantment scares me. I don't do magic, so I'm, you know, I'm kind of out of my depth here. But, Fish, talk us through that. So I got aggroed. I guess, is the the terminology we've been using. I did tai, uh, Johnny did Tai Chi early in the morning. Something happened to him where he's where I was told I have two dice that I need to roll at certain times based on just being aggravated and and mad. I Michael have had a short temper with some of these characters. I don't want to hear what's up <laughs> from Mr. Vacation. And if some dude's gonna come in my face and tell me that I'm doing a cheap shot, obviously Johnny's not gonna stand for that. And Johnny overall is like Tracy, doesn't want to be here anymore. And I'm assuming at like Anara, and he's handling it his own way. And I guess. We're justifying some of these actions based on this aggro thing, but also it's interesting that there's an enchantment happening that's affecting people's personality and emotion because you want people to get emotional and like act crazy in a big brother or a bachelor situation. So yeah, unless it's something they're more nefarious, but I don't think it is. Right. Then that's why actual reality TV shows so often like ban people from bringing phones or books or music or, you know, game consoles. But at the same time in actual TV shows behind the scenes, they like the producers and people working on it talk to the contestants to try rile them up. So they exactly. act. That's this person said this about you. Exactly. Right. Or something like that. And that's what I feel this enchantment must have been. Yeah. Hypothetically. And I fell into it because also player Michael was game, apparently. Yeah, but like anything, you know, if there's an explanation for your behavior, like how much of it was the cause you think it was and how much of it was underlying, you know, desires. Like there's there's a real kind of that that's like a real question to ask. It's a mixture of what you want to do already, maybe being more impulsive than usual or more aggressive than usual or, you know, a thing that you could otherwise have pushed down if your patience was worn thin or your feelings were exacerbated. You know, maybe the reaction is is different. So I think it's a very cool mechanic. Fish, you really leaned into it, and I really appreciate it. I, I thought I would have to, like, force these D6s on you, but, like, I found out opportunities where you were doing it anyway, and it's more, like, escalating. I think that we spend a lot of time in this game, like, bending but not breaking people. Like, you want to hurt them to a, an extent that they'll, like, do what you want to do. I feel like these D6s have pushed things over the line. Yeah. And I really like that. Doesn't Nara want to be here? 
I think I do. Yeah. I think I want mm. to spend time with Representative Brink. I want to learn more about Autumn and make sure she doesn't beat me. And I theoretically hope Alonzo's okay, but uh, worrying about him is not quite enough to make me want to circumvent this competition that I was thrown into. Nothing about me likes quitting. And I want to uh, I want to win it. I feel like Johnny likes to choose the people he's around if he at all can. And it's, you know, one thing to be thrown in a jail cell with with a flip teen and then eventually <laughs> growing to become their friends and having Tracy friend. But I, I don't think he wants to hang out with 20 random people. So he definitely wants out. And then, you know, the whole Alonzo thing. Don't forget Alonzo. Hashtag hash mark. Hash whatever. <laughs> hash mark. Hash mark. Don't forget Alonzo. Alonzo with the Z. Yeah, definitely want out. And we all know how Tracy feels, right? Beep boop. He feels great. Yep, there it is. Tracy wants to be here. <laughs> Brandon, can we do something about your dice? You know, like in, uh, I guess Friends is a good example, like in sitcoms when people get broken up with and they take all the ex's belongings and put it in a trash can and yeah. say some weird words and burn some stage and then Throw light it, it out on a window. fire. Yeah. yeah, we could just burn my dice in a trash can. I don't think we should burn it, but if you don't mind, I would like to lead us in a dice luck changing arcane type magic thing. Don't touch my dice. <laughs> We need to fix it. They're fine. They're gonna put them in timeout. They're in timeout. You're a very permissive the dice parent. Yeah. I think the dice are rolling you. <gasps> eh, I'm okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> hey everybody, we got some after party questions. Let's answer. Spapang. I give myself a, a sting at the end. Jeez. Oh, okay. <laughs> This one is from the After Party Questions channel on our Discord. Discord. Did you say pop up a Discord? Yeah. That's great. I love it. Welcome. This is from a wild squirtle. <laughs> uh, uh, bait. I, is nope. this Safari nope. Zone? Stop. Or no. is this? It's Rick. The squirtle would never in the Safari Zone. Get your head out of your ass, Brandon. They'll never be in the Safari Zone. This question is now in the Safari Zone. Uh, you, can, you can catch a Scyther at the end of it. Um, <laughs> a hypothetical question. Anara, Tracy, and Johnny get Chinese food while out on the road and find fortune cookies at the bottom of the takeout bag. Do they believe their fortunes? I also want to know what you guys ordered. Sesame chicken. Great. That's Probably won't eat the broccoli. Maybe feed it to okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think that Inara would believe the fortune if it confirms something that she was wondering about. If it's like <laughs> yeah. a if it's like a sign that she can interpret to be additional evidence for anything that she already wanted to do. And like she would definitely, I thought you were going to ask Eric if our characters would open it because I feel like Johnny might not, you know, like, like the idea of fortunes is scary. But anyway, Inara would definitely open it because it could have a message from the Assassin's Guild in it. Johnny's going to order any kind of fried rice thing and then lo mein for the next day. Nice. Oh, classic Johnny move. Lo mein Wait, for the next day. Is this a thing that people do that I haven't been doing? Yeah, you yeah. order yeah. twice as much lo and you have the, the next thing day. The thing is, oh lo mein the day of, <laughs> lo mein the day of when you order, never as good as the next day. Never. Or pad thai. Same. I Noodles. need to restart my 26 years of life. You really do. See, that's and you the, pay that's one the delivery fee, one tip, and oh you have you have food for two days. That's the thing. If you get it, you get like a protein for then, mm -hmm. like sesame chicken, but mm -hmm. then sesame chicken doesn't last because then it gets sticky and gloms mm -hmm. to each other. Right. So that's why you get noodles to leftover. Yeah. And then white rice so you can make fried rice for breakfast with scrambled eggs the next morning. Fish would do general <laughs> sow chicken for the order of that night. Nice. Johnny would do fried rice. There you go. I think Johnny's not really going to trust the source of the fortune. However, Johnny is very interested in the learn Chinese and the lucky Ooh, numbers. Lucky numbers. Oh, good. <laughs> that is where Johnny finds value of the fortune. 
Love now, it. Is there a lottery in our fantasy land? And does Johnny play it? I would say yes. Definitely. And definitely. Johnny's won it once. Not Johnny the biggest, but it was morning. a significant thing. Right. Johnny won like 100 gold pieces. I think a little time. more. How much was the scroll? It's like nothing. 100? Uh, a like banquet a is 10 gold. A our, banquet the way for, we're that's doing... all I can remember is one person banquet seat 10 gold. Yeah. 10 gold. <laughs> we're, 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 our money in this game is crazy. But <laughs> the lucky number is definitely um, Tracy, much. don't ask me questions about money because Tracy <laughs> is uh, is a big fan of making and also giving it away. Mm-hmm. I like to think there's a gas station somewhere outside of Fidopolis that has Johnny's face on it. That is just like, <laughs> <laughs> like adventurer, winner. <laughs> 150 gold pieces. And Johnny's just like doing something. Is that. there an LED light that's just like blinks on and off. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> incessantly. Oh my gosh. That sounds about right. And Tracy? So Tracy would order, I think he would order the steamed vegetables and then like the most ridiculous sauce on the side and then dip each individual steamed vegetable in the sauce. Like duck sauce or something? Yeah. Nice. And also, what's the fried stuff called? The with Japanese fried method? Oh, tempura. Tempura, yeah, tempura vegetables. Oh, yeah. Nice. I see that. Um, I think he would not quite understand what was happening and be very invested and go on a 12 month long journey to figure out what the hell this <laughs> this thing meant and how it impacted his life. And then at the end of it, he would realize it was just some guy in a, you know, on a computer in 1998 writing fortunes for money. What is this game where Tracy goes from a fantasy it's world time and time game. travels until 1998? Not only time travels, but reality travels. He travels into Ooh. Earth in 1998. It's like... Jumanji. Kind of. <laughs> yeah. He opens he opens a fortune cookie and is sucked into it immediately. Oh yeah. my god. I, Comes I, out in New York City. Elf. <laughs> Will, what's his name is there? <laughs> Farrell? Will Farrell, yeah. Jeez, you got it. I, oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> Greg Alonzo, anyone that you have a thought or feeling? Oh man. On? Would Stoneface um, order like an egg roll the size of his head? But then also make sure that it's I like, want that. spoiled and old. I did that once. I ordered an egg roll at a restaurant and it came and it was the the size of a whole plate. In Berlin, I was vegan at the time. So it was very hard to find vegetarian food. So I was like vegetarian. I went to like a punk anarchist cafe and it, all the food was vegan. And I was like, dope, amazing. Got an egg roll. It was literally the size of a dinner plate. Was it so it was an egg roll burrito situation? Yeah, it was that, bigger than a burrito. Awesome. It is amazing. It was amazing. But also there was like a bowl of duck sauce and it was overwhelming. <laughs> you picked I didn't up with two hands to dip it in. I had to like cut it in half. But then you can't cut it in more than half because you would like just compromise the, the integrity tiger. of the egg roll. Yeah. So I just had to like look at it and hold it in my hands like a fucking chimpanzee and just eat it around the edges and then a whole bite in the middle. It was very stressful. I want to go to Berlin to find this. There's a lot of cabbage. I know where it is. We can go there one time. Okay, let's go. Yeah. Nice. Um, let's see. I think that Alonzo reads his fortune out loud and then he asks everybody if you think it applies to him. Aw. Uh. I think that Greg pretends that he doesn't believe in fortunes, but then secretly believes in them. And I think that Stoneface eats fortune cookies whole and doesn't yes. know that there are actual <laughs> fortunes inside. Oh, good. I'm surprised that no one, including those three, no one does the reads the fortune cookie and no matter what it says, you have to say in bed. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, is that Johnny? I think Ev does that. Ev might do that. Ev, but then he forgets what the saying is. Well, he's reading it. <laughs> no, no, no. He forgets the, the, the in bed. He's like, in a, in a, what's that thing called where you sleep in it? Where you like sometimes, pass out every day. Yeah, you like, sleep, spend you, a third of your life there. You read a book to a child. Sex in it. Oh. 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 Ew. I still pee in it. Oh. Terrible. No. Huh? Ev doesn't have a wet bedwetting problem. Oh, no, I we think, were, yeah. I think, we're talking about wet. Oh, my God. We're talking about that. Jesus. 
Right on. So if you have questions, remarks, ideas, you can email us anytime. We're hello at jointhepartypod.com. If you're in our Discord, there's a channel specifically for questions for after parties called After Party Questions. And we are online at Join the Party Pod everywhere you can imagine on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter, on Tumblr. Tumblr's really fun. And uh, we love hearing from you. So please share your songs, your art, your travels, your ideas, your head cannons. Uh, we very much want to hear it. And if you want to help, a great way to do that is to contribute to our Patreon at patreon.com slash join the party pod. If for no other reason than party people are amazing and that's where we hang out and talk and share pet photos and recipes also a great way that you can support us without spending any money at all is to tell a friend to listen to the show we know that you want people to freak out about your feelings over join the party with and telling a friend a coworker, a relative a pen pal um, someone on your floor in your dorm who you think is pretty dope but you don't have anything to talk about yet talk about join the party and show them how to download podcasts show them how to listen to the show and until next episode uh, I guess we will we'll talk to you online. Thanks, y'all. Bye, guys. See you later. Undying Light be with you.